Aloha, my kako. Aloha. Aloha. Uh, mahalo nui no ke iakono ana mai. Thank you so much for this welcome. Um, uh, I, uh, in Hawaii, in, in Hawaii, we have a saying about um, health is being contained in the kihi eha o kikino, the four corners of the body, speaking about the two shoulders and the two um, sides of the hips as holding the most vital organs. And so if um, if this convening is about all of America and the continent, then Hawaii represents um, the right hip. And so welcome and greetings from that part of the vital organs of the country. Um, Aloha. It's it's a pleasure to speak with you and to uh, I feel a lot of gratitude for the time today um, to be among my uh, brothers, sisters and cousins um, throughout the country um, who are coming to speak today about the First Nations people. Um, we are in a we are in an important time and, and all of us being able to gather together to uh, speak about the needs of our specific communities is very critical to this moment, especially as the speaker before me was sharing, because of how important it is that we contribute um, the ways in which our specific uh, traditional wisdom has been uh, a promising factor in recovery for people, in, 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 in healing and and well-being, that those solutions that come from our traditional cultural practices and worldview um, have been shown to be so vital to how this is all going to work. And so Native-led, Native Voices um, is the sort of resounding call from across um, all of these parts of the world. And so I am appreciative to be able to join the voices in that way. Um, a little bit about the porch I'm speaking from. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist by training and run a nonprofit organization whose focus is on culturally minded evidence-based behavioral health services for Native Hawaiian medically underserved and rural communities. Um, and I've spent my career in the service of my people as a therapist, as a healer specifically, um, as an advocate and a program builder and someone who builds and maintains relationships um, as a Hawaiian health leader. Um, and so what I share today is informed by my patients that I serve and the communities that I've listened to and been a part of um, and the community partners that I've maintained and their sharing of their experience of this. So um, the parts I probably don't need to spend too much time on are that there are similar factors that affect um, the First Nations peoples across the world, such as cultural and historical trauma, systemic bias and marginalization that's going on currently, and of course the social determinants that directly impact all of our health outcomes, outcomes, including economics and housing. Um, in Hawaii specifically, we have a really um, big housing crisis occurring at the moment, as well as very significant impacts uh, or threats to our uh, fresh water sources. And so all of those things being factors that predict um, the higher rates of substance use and misuse in the native community here, um, probably in some ways parallel what occurs in other uh, First Nations. Um, you know, and that and that those um, those trends tend to be over time. If if fentanyl follows the same path as opioids had and meth had before that, that what we tend to see is that um, we follow behind the continent a few years. So where um, um, where everyone else is at the, is maybe what I'm hoping is the peak of the fentanyl that impacts that you're at that sort of crisis state. In Hawaii, we're seeing that increasing and rising trend. I don't believe that we're yet at the peak that we will see for this particular substance. And so um, if, if we are to believe that it's going to follow the same path, that's what we can predict is that because um, 
We saw cases, cases initially among individuals who had acquired fentanyl um, for prescription, prescriptive purposes, right? That, that it was part of their care plan and, and that misuse and death was, was following along with uh, a lack of information about the risks um, of its use. And then, of course, into that sort of misuse category. And then seeing fentanyl as mixed in with other substances as a street drug, that's following behind but not reached its sort of um, um, influx, at least in my experience in the communities that I work in. It's not yet at that peak widely accessible um, utilization component just yet. So we're not seeing as many. Now, we are seeing opioid deaths, of course, but the rise, we're still on that increasing arc at this time. And so my hope is that participating in this conversation today, we're talking um, in two categories. One, of course, is about preventive strategies to help us not follow the way that each of the other um, substances has followed across the country from the continent to us in Hawaii to prevent that and sort of stay it off. Um, because as you can imagine, in our, our health system is finite. Uh, we're an isolated island nation. And in that way, we have the health um, and substance services that are available. They are all that exist. And so it's vital um, for us. So with respect to prevention and intervention, there are some very specific things um, that I would focus on. Um, and those are that for some of our community, standard evidence-based Western practices work fine. Um, but for the some, for the everybody else, that something else seems to be real promise in the use of cultural practice as part of healing and recovery. Um, that those programs that have emphasized those things seem to have really um, wonderful outcomes. And we have even some uh, third-party insurers that have been experimenting with models for how to fund it. So with respect to an ask of this committee, it's to support those initiatives that find ways to fund through Medicare, Medicaid funding, because our uh, third-party insurers tend to follow those as the leaders, that they fund and find mechanisms for funding traditional cultural practice as a vital aspect of healing for our communities. Um, and so I would say that that's probably the greatest ask that I would have of this committee with respect to different than the other requests that have already been made with respect to supporting um, prevention initiatives that include education for health providers more generally, both in the risks um, and appropriate use and, of course, misuse of fentanyl, as well as the value add and necessity of culturally informed care, as well as the use of traditional cultural practices for healing and, and well-being as part of the inclusive health system, instead of as sort of viewed as marginal the way that it has been historically. That for our community in particular, our folks would much rather see a traditional healer than a, than a Western medical doctor, um, especially our men. And so um, in that way that this could be um, legitimized and valued in our community, we need that training for our health system and providers alongside support um, and funding mechanisms for the programs that are already using cultural practices as healers. Thank you, Dr. Seabury. Uh, Mahalo. Mahalo. Uh, uh, Senator Murkowski, did you? Okay, so uh, uh, Mr. Geddes, please uh, proceed with your testimony. 